This show contains badass material and foul f***ing language. Some people may find offensive. What else did you expect? Nostalgia really whips the llama's ass. Hello yet again, and welcome to the Insanely Dangerous Retro Pod Show. Size doesn't matter, it's what you do with it. Yes, well, I mean, I'm off now because I've got to go and scream. Absolutely garbage. Paulie Shaw is somebody I don't really give a fuck about. He did kick me off the arse! Nice, nice argument there. Oh, shut up. Shut up, you tart. Oh, there's a finger. I, I almost urinated. Tune in next week because I just can't stop loving you guys. It's the Batman jeans. No more Andy Hinchcliffe. <laughs> I don't know. Why. I don't know. <laughs> Stoner chicks. We're four friends who met through comedy and bonded through weed. I'm Grace Penzel. I'm Kayla Teal. I'm Stephanie Thompson. I'm Phoebe Richards. If you love smoking weed and laughing with your friends, this podcast is for you. Weekly episodes will drop on Fridays starting April 2nd. So subscribe now to Stoner Chicks wherever you get your podcasts. Coming to your favorite podcatcher soon. <laughs> Older year was 1778. Hell, I wish I was in Sherbrooke now. A letter of Mark came from the king To the scummiest vessel I'd ever seen God damn them all I was told we cruise the seas For American gold We fire no guns Shed no tears Drink no beer. A broken <laughs> man on Halifax beer The last to bear its privateers Oh god, we're wow. so, so out of tune on that's that That's excellent <laughs> Do you know why that sounded so bad? Because why? that's how it sounds in real life That's probably how it sounds in real life, but then it's like the greatest song you've ever heard when there's 20 drunken Man. people singing that. Yeah, maybe that sounds like an Irish jig to some people. We don't go out of our way to listen to these jigs. These are just ingrained in us as being Haligonians. Yes, exactly. Like growing up in Halifax, it's pretty much a city of bars because it's not a really big city, no. but it's a big university town. So what comes with universities? Drank. Drinks. But it's a port city. So like this is a part of our heritage. Mm-hmm. Stan Rogers. Barrett's Privateers, huge song. Um, and so we're <laughs> in burps. There we go. Burp yeah. and a wheeze right away. We got that out of the gate. <laughs> what should someone be drinking right now to join us? I know what I'm kind of what I'm drinking, but you made it for me. So. Is it feeling good? Oh, yeah. Okay. So you would want to grab a lager, not an IPA, not a stout. You want to get kind of a east coast based lager Mm -hmm. and i'm talking about something like maybe a keith's definitely an olin's probably a schooner but in our case we're actually drinking painted boat beer company out of stellarton nova scotia it's just a five percent basic lager but golly bob hattie Vern, does that ever go down nice oh my god but what i've done is i've actually mixed it with a shot of local rum Mm. right into it oh baby Man, a shot of rum in your beer. It's a good start to the night, actually, I think. I feel I feel War- good. It warms the belly. It warms the belly. My belly's big. My belly's full. My belly's hugging me. <laughs> hey yo. <laughs> I can't believe we hit record on this shit. And this is really a tribute to the vibe. Yes. Of how to loosen up proper mm-hmm. to this evening. East Coast style. What is going on? Three weeks ago, uh, we 
talk Canadian horror films. Now, I guess I broke the rules a little bit, but my final category, East Coast Rum, East Coast Beer, we're going to be on the streets of Halifax, our hometown tonight, uh, right by the water, right, right, down by the Hal- water. right down by the Halifax Harbor. Yeah. And tonight we have watched and are, and are still watching and are going to talk about Severn Films has released a long lost little scene, Paul Donovan's Siege. A.K.A. Self-defense. A.K.A. Night Warriors. <laughs> so this is 1983. It's of that genre of home invasion, assault, people stuck in, an, in a building and people on the outside trying to get in at them. But what makes this film really special is that I remember first hearing about this on a blog called uh, Canucksploitation. I think they just compile a bunch of like little scene B-movies made in Canada. This movie had like a really small home video release. I, I only really read about it through this one site and nobody was ever talking about it. I knew Paul Donovan just from um, George's Island when I was a kid, that local movie. You ever see that? Have you seen George's Island? No. Actually, now that I think of the most successful, maybe in terms of something he did artistically, it would be Lex. George's Island was pretty celebrated at the time. I think it won some genies, but... Paul Donovan and Michael Donovan, his brother, I believe have an Oscar because they helped produce oh. with Salter Street Films, Bowling for Columbine. That won the Oscar for Best Documentary that year. Really? Yes. And I were, did not know and that. I think if you look it up, they're on stage with Michael Moria because they produced it with him. Very cool. So that's pretty cool. The great Blu-ray edition of Siege has a commentary by Jason Eisner. The one and only <laughs> Jason Fucking eyes. Also a local le- like local legend pretty much at this point. Truly. I don't know why he's not making more movies, because Hobo with a shotgun is incredible. I know he's making Dark Side of the Ring for Vice, which is awesome as well. He has such a distinct visual style too. I think that's what yeah. makes all those episodes like really the reenactments that he directs. Very cool. Very cool. Like very the cool. silhouettes, the dirtiness, yeah. the you know. Yeah. Just lend his style lends itself very well to that kind of show. And he does the commentary with Paul Donovan. Paul Donovan had made like one movie before this. He had moved to London and went to film school and made one crappy movie that he said, you know, had a bunch of his friends in it and it just didn't, you know, really go so well. But through that and through the connections he made, found one person that kind of liked him and liked what he did, helped him raise $250,000. My God. Which he said was like the equivalent of a million dollars today. Close to it, yeah. But I imagine, would say. even imagine tr- someone trying to make a movie for a million dollars today. True. It's probably not a lot of money. Um, so he only had a certain amount of film stock, and he like came up with this very, very simple concept inspired by movies like Assault on Precinct 13, obviously, right. is the main comparison. It's a movie set in Halifax, a real police strike that happened in the 80s. 1981. Where, for real. Yeah, for real, where they went on a wages strike. And for 42, 42 days, they, the streets were unpatrolled by cops. So the idea is, what would, what would people do in a lawless city? The rioting and the unruly behavior that is truly uncharacteristic of Haligonians was some lady was walking down Spring Garden Road with an umbrella and started smashing in windows. And that's what incited the riots. <laughs> You know what's funny? You remember yeah. like being at high school dances? Right. And 
the music starts playing mm-hmm. and no one, everyone's too scared to dance. <laughs> so the floor is empty. Yeah. All it takes is just the first person to ask the girl to dance or something. And as soon as the first couple goes on the dance floor, that's everybody it. goes on the dance floor. Listen, that's the footloose syndrome yeah, right there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this woman's just like, fuck this. I'm just starting, you know, and then everyone follows suit or whatever. But apparently the... What happens in Siege is a lot more graphic than what happened in real life in Halifax. True. Apparently it was just a bunch of, you know, they were doing donuts in the middle of the street. and So crazy. But I think even at one time, at one point... Even the cops were just standing by watching. Yeah, everyone was just chilling, having a good time, drinking probably, who knows. Because it's just Halifax, right? Back it. <laughs> back it. But I, th- I believe at one point, didn't they, they bring the cops back because some girl got kidnapped or something? Well, the, the cops put down their pickets, but they broke their own strike just for the sake of doing the good of the of society. Yeah. Which really speaks to the the vibe of Halifax, where, yeah. you know, everything is still close to home at the end of the day. But, um, yeah, there was, uh, there was a disappearance. There was a body found, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, they did step away, and they, they did their, their police work, and then they went back to the picket lines. But they did settle it. This is the first and only time there has ever been a police strike Hmm. in Nova Scotia. Wow. This was a pretty big deal. So they did come to an agreement, a settlement. It was a three-year contract and based off of a wage increase. This real-life strike inspired the movie, but it inspired it so quickly that it happened in 1981 and they shot it almost immediately. Yeah. After that, obviously Lex was a big one for Canadian television but another big one for not only local television but leaking its way into mainstream Canadian television produced by Salter Street would be of course this hour is 22 minutes oh yeah that's right is that Salter Street yep damn so, so that I mean that to me is one of the most successful if not most notorious oh, for sure local productions ever that's true definitely and most enduring. Most enduring. And yes, Trailer Park Boys is definitely one of like the biggest. Mm-hmm. This is our SNL. This is our daily show. This is our, you know, et cetera. Yeah. So again, do we know why we're called Haligonians and not Halifaxians? I don't know. I think Haligonians just sounds better. Don't you sure. think? Well, it kind of sounds close to gonads. And I'm not a big fan of that. <laughs> Even the opening of Siege is that takes that concept of the police strike boils it down to the essence of what makes that situation scary. Even though it's Halifax, which is just great as someone from here to see like the cityscape. On a properly produced movie. <laughs> the buildings and the streets and everything. It takes place, it's like in the middle of the night. The streets are empty. It's dark. The streets are like wet. You know, it's like that gross. There's like maybe the maybe there's a trash can or two on fire. You know, that's the sign of something really bad going on in the city when there's trash cans on fire. That's like a John Carpenter Warriors vibe yeah. for Halifax <laughs> that we only dream of is like, man, I wish Halifax was embodied this way in Hollywood. Well, it doesn't have to be Hollywood. It just has to be siege. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this group, uh, I think they call themselves the New Order, um, which is kind of weird and relevant to today when you think about groups like the Proud Boys. and Insanely relevant. It's so crazy. So it's like, what, 40? This is almost 40 years later. And that you know makes me feel old. But yeah, 1983, and it's 2021. <laughs> it's like 38 years ago this movie was made. Um, and just crazy how relevant that kind of thing is. Uh, group, you know, uh, let's say extremist kind of vigilante, I don't know, like the type group that walks into this this bar. It's, a it's like anti-vigilante. And it's like, I don't even know if it is, I mean, I don't know if it is a gay bar. They 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 attack the 
the people in the bar that are gay, I guess. Yeah. I guess it is a gay bar because like they go in there with that purpose. I think it's implied um, given the attire that yeah. they stereotype the bartender with mm. and um, the two girls that they call lesbians. That's true. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're just right. boys. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So what we're talking about right now is just a theatrical cut. There was a 15 minute oh, opener yeah, 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 yeah. that was released. Just for the Japanese market. And Paul Donovan called it the Japanese edition. Yeah. They required an extra 10 minutes. They wanted they wanted 90. They wanted 90. They didn't want 80. That opening of the extended cut, I actually do enjoy um, because it gives a little bit more backstory, aka hatred, for this recluse Proud Boys that attack the uh, LGBT gay bar. Yeah, one thing that pisses me off about him in that extended bit is like Goose. So he's the one instigating this whole thing, leading the charge into the, into this bar. Yeah, and he's the one at the start building the big barricade. He's like, oh no, one's coming into my house. Like, what a piece of shit! What a coward! The big that guy barricade. Is. It's three feet of like little barbed wire. He had some plywood or something. And he's the only house on the block. That's doing it. Yeah. And might I add, that's filmed in Colby Village in Dartmouth. <laughs> But yeah, he's a piece of shit and he like his wife is she just wants to make pottery and she doesn't want him to go out because you know, she doesn't want him to get in trouble and Listen, she makes him a sandwich. Oh yeah. And then he complains that she used margarine. Also, what a what a fucking asshole he is. She cuts off. Remember she's like, "I cut off the crusts for you and everything." What what a piece of shit that guy is. The opening is almost filmed from the hero's perspective. Like you create more empathy for the hero side and aligns you right away with Man, this guy is a piece of shit. Yeah, the main hero of the movie, they show him, he's trying to help out some people that are pushing a car, but then they turn out to be some punks because it's a lawless city in the middle of a police strike. Do you know what? It kind of reminds me of Roddy Piper's character in They Live. You're right. You're right. It totally does. Like, not vagrant, but, you know, drifter. You know what? If he'd he'd be like walking down the street and if, uh, like a baseball or something would roll, like they, maybe they missed a catch and it would hit his foot. He'd pick it up and he'd throw it back to them. That kind of guy. He's, you know what he is? He is the littlest hobo. <laughs> du, 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 there's a voice. Here he goes. Oh, <laughs> special, me. special place in my heart. Oh man. So touching. But yes. to that point, this is about the same era as like Canadian TV programs yeah. like Littlest Hobo, where, you know, we're trying to cultivate our own local content. Hmm. And here is a great movie. And I'm not I'm really not trying to be biased. The transfer is excellent and it's seven films. Kudos. You did a great job. The very start of the movie starts with the grainy intro. Mm. Then there's they use this old footage of actual ATV news that covered the actual police strike. Uh, and apparently that footage had been like long lost for a while, but really grainy. And like, I was like, oh no, is this how the Blu ray is going to look? And then as soon as that little intro of that news uh, promo s- stops and there's the wide shot of the Halifax downtown landscape, I was just, my jaw dropped. I was like, oh my God, this looks incredible. It looked so good. So the uh, ATV, aka CTV, news footage. Yes. In a form. Where someone had brought up, there was a police strike back in the early 80s of Halifax. Where's the footage? Someone had said, it's in the movie Siege. And so then people started sharing the YouTube (laughs) full copy. Finally, CTV released 
it into the archive. Oh yeah, and they did like a retrospective or something. It wasn't until a few years ago, really, that they released the official CTV condoned footage uh, that wasn't Siege. But essentially, Siege contained the only known footage of the chaos known as the 1981 Halifax police strike. The chaos known as the people doing donuts in the middle of Godgen Street. Like, th- that's our chaos. You know what? That's so <laughs> funny that you say it like that because in Halifax, yes, we have our crime. Yes, we've had our fair share of... Oh, yeah, we've... Oh. <laughs> There's a lot of dark history in Halifax. Man. There is, but when it comes to an unregulated <laughs> Halifax street, the best we can come up with <laughs> is just doing fucking donuts on Bell of, Road. And a bunch of drunks just going, woohoo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Along with the cops. They're like, look at this guy doing donuts and no one pulled him over. <laughs> woo! Let's go for a Timmy's, bud. I know, yeah. Let's yeah. go down to the dome. Yeah, the Yeah, the liquor dome. Or I guess what would have what would have been open back then? Definitely the Midtown. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, the Midtown and uh, the uh, what the fuck's it called? Oh man. Oh my god. That shows you how long I have not been downtown. Well, the Palace might have been open, but what was next to the Ale House? Oh, of course, the, the Halifax Ale House, Ale House. definitely was definitely would have been. Open. Oh man, there are so many forgotten moments between that block. <laughs> You know, remember like, when the alehouse and the palace were open to each other? No matter where you are in the world, there's always that one bar that you're like, Ugh, I don't want to go there. And inevitably you end up there. That's the dome to me. Well, that was the palace for some, but that's still the dome for me. Yours yeah. was the bar above it. And you would lean over the edge to look down below oh, and geez. you would see the debauchery, the fully clothed fornication oh, known man. as the dome. Man. And you think... My God, if they turned the lights on and cut the music, it would be like rats scurrying with the lights that on. Is a, that would be a funny like experiment prank to pull on a bar because that, that would be so uncomfortable if you just cut the music, turned on the lights to the fullest, and it'd just be like 500 people in a room together. Ugh. <laughs> Well, listen, we are getting close to an unmasking date oh, yeah. in, in Halifax, which is fantastic news because I don't want to breathe my own burps anymore. <laughs> breathe my own burps. Well, you got to lay off the onions after eight. In our advanced age, you can't have onions too late. Are we like gremlins now? Mm, wow. <laughs> don't feed them onions after eight. Wow. Is is raw <laughs> onion for an old man the equivalent of getting gizmo wet <laughs> after midnight? Oh, poor gizmo when he gets oh, wet. Man. He was. He looks so sad. Just a squirrel trying to get a nut. <laughs> then move your butt to the dance floor. Oh man! <laughs> Check the OR. You like it so far? Check wow. the OR. We went to a lot of different places just in that last thirty seconds. Uh, speaking of Tom Green, this is yes. another tangent. Wow. We, we don't have to use this, I but it. I heard of a prank, and I was that he did today on Reddit. And I was laughing so hard because it's such a great prank, but also I appreciate pranks ultimately harmless. Sure. The concept of this prank is perfect. So he went into the National Art Gallery of Canada in Ontario yes. and he put up a picture or a painting or something that he made himself or he got commissioned um, undetected. Okay. And then it was there undetected. Nobody took it down. Only for him like a week later to go back and then like defile it. To the horror of onlookers that thought he was like destroying wow. this like national art piece in the actual national art Wait, gallery of when did he When did he do this? I forget. I just I read I just read it on. That's on, a great prank. It's a great prank. 
That yeah. really is. Harmless and really, really funny. I mean, think about, I mean, truly the harmless one that he did with the slutmobile with his dad. Like That is a great You episode. and I have talked about this before on that episode where we talk about her top TV shows. I mean, that prank on his dad, that makes anybody of any age <laughs> lose it laughing at the concept. Because the commitment it takes to sit in a newspaper box like all night just to wait for his dad to come out to look at it and ultimately just go, Jesus Christ. Like, and just walk away, like all pissed. Let's also appreciate the fact that he had full blown lesbian, graphic lesbian sex on the car. Wonder who's, wonder what porn stars that were. I don't know, but <laughs> that was, that was like when Kyle and I found Blue Nui and hey. Comedy Network merging together. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're like, wow, that's hilarious. And then you're thinking, like, man, lesbians, Blue Nui's on. all right back to siege wow (laughs) this movie has quite a strong opener either the extended cut or the theatrical release either way it really sets the tone right out of the gate very few movies do that it's almost like here we are now go it is very rare actually and that's why i guess i do prefer the theatrical versus because he even said they they taxed it on only because Mm. the Japanese market wanted them to. Sure. So I do like the fact that it starts, it's like police strike, this is what's happening, Halifax, Nova Scotia, boom. No, there's no cops on the streets, boom, this like vigilante group shows up to this bar. On Barrington Street. With the pure intent of like, of, of doing what they, they want to do without fear of repercussions, which is so crazily, eerily similar to like, you know, when Trump was in power and it really brought a lot of racism and People were finally they they felt enabled to like, you know, showcase who they actually were yes. in a way. Yes. Do you know what I mean? And that's scary. Yeah. Like when when we saw the footage of people storming Exactly. You know, like insane. How oh. I can't believe that even happened. like that I still can't believe that was a thing that happened. Right. You know what I mean? It's right. kind of out of control. Right. But it just shows you how mob mentality yes. to have some sort of um motive. To go out of their way and single somebody out. This this movie actually is very, very current. And I think it will always be current because there will always be a divide between classes and beliefs and et cetera. Mm-hmm. And this movie, as soon as I watched it, you know, like they're they're going in and basically singling out gay people and beating them and potentially killing them. This could be Black Lives Matter. And the fact that a bunch of white privilege assholes get into a bar with their homemade weapons because there's no police on the streets and feel like they have the right to shut people down because of their beliefs, that seems like what we just endured over the last... Yeah, exactly. Just being from Halifax makes that opening scene in Siege just a little more, you know, just more relevant, more disturbing... Because uh, on Gottagen, remember at Men's and Molly's, um, oh, right. there right, was right, right. The, the murder of Raymond Tavel. It's so fucked. I don't know exactly everything that went on that night, but basically someone, based on the fact that Raymond Tavel was gay, like stomped him to death in the middle of Gottagen Street. So crazy. Outside dude. of a bar on Gottagen yeah. Street. So when I watch this scene in Siege, I can't help but think of... Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I mean, and how it's That's still true. and how that thing still happens. That's yeah. true. So, like this movie, although we're already talking about 
you know, with, you've listened to something fun so far, but now we're talking about the real grittiness, <laughs> well, the grindhouse yeah. of this movie. We're trying to create really villainous villains, and Donovan did such a great job with this, as as did the actors. And that being said, lots of local Halifax-based actors. Yeah. The bar patrons that get beaten, the bartender, and Goose himself. Goose himself. He is. He's he's a just he's a worm. fantastic. He's a worm. He's really really good at being hateable. Yeah, that's true. You feel like he's kind of like the ringleader of the group, mm-hmm. but then we find out yes that there is a luger toting black leather <laughs> sits in the car only yeah kind of fella smoking cigarettes. What's his name? Oh, Cabe. Cabe. I think we better call him this time. This time. <laughs> so Canadian. Time. And kudos to Willem Dafoe, but the lighthouse really embodies the old New, dialect yeah. and the old the, accent of an East Coast Nova Scotian. The Atlantic Ocean, East Coast, North America, like just that Northern East Coast, North American. That had to be where it's coming that sing-song-y from. sing-songy you know? quality yeah. of like Irish descent. That's true. Wow, that's crazy. And what's even more crazy is that the guy in Siege actually sounds like that. <laughs> yes, he does. He does sound like Willem Dafoe in The Lighthouse. He does. There's our double feature. No. Our double feature would probably be, and I'll say it, would be Assault on Precinct 13. I mean, 13. it has to be. Yeah. It has like, to be. You can't, you can't watch Siege without thinking of Assault on Precinct 13, which was only probably what? That was 1976. This is 1983. Yeah, so, it's pretty close. Yeah, it's, it's within its wheelhouse anyway. Paul Donovan even said it's Definitely the most direct inspiration for Siege. But how can it not? Now, think of the 80s. Vigilante movies start to peak. And I think this is due to what Donovan was talking about was that at the latter half of 1980 was that there was a demand for VHS and film to be Mm. available that Hollywood couldn't produce. Or Or didn't want to produce. Or didn't want to produce. So basically, they wanted content at a higher quantity than could be produced by any mainstream avenue. So films like Siege would come out, and yes, it would fall to the wayside until like almost 40 years later that, you know, people like you and I and you, the listener, um, are probably in tune with now. But even as two Haligonians, we're now watching this almost for the first time saying like, fuck, this movie's actually really good. Oh, man. Imagine how many more movies are like... Again, this is not me trying to be biased because it's filmed in Halifax. This movie actually surprised me being heart pumping. That's what I... Yeah. And so you were saying about Assault being the most direct uh, relation to the movie. But also, I would say another movie that might contend to be a double feature might be Night of the Living Dead. Wow. In that... Yes! Yeah, so they go into a bar to terrorize this group of people. One guy gets out. And he finds refuge. This is like the main plot of the movie. Finds refuge in an apartment building where they try to get at him. And the people in the apartment building save him, defend themselves against the people trying to to come in. Yes. Assault on Precinct, same thing. The father at the start of the movie, his daughter gets killed by uh, Street Thunder. I think that's what they're called. Street Street Thunder. Thunder. He runs into the police station and the Street Thunder are like so... um, annoyed at him or because he uh, killed one of the guys right so that they attacked the police station and the people in the police station defend themselves from the people oh outside God. night of the living dead barbara yeah and johnny johnny dies barbara runs into a farmhouse meets up with these people she's basically like catatonic through the whole thing mm-hmm. but the people 
in the farmhouse to fend from the outside zombie. Like it's yep. all relevant. It all makes sense to me yep. as thematically. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead, the original. It's less of a zombie f- flick as it is like a, a criticism of the other coming in. Yeah. Right. That's true. In society. Yeah. Right. That's what we're dealing with in this movie. That's um, true. There are still shows being produced confronting that mindset. The mindset and the reality that minorities and people of different subcultures of society still face to this day. And we're watching a movie that's almost 40 years old and they're still making shows and movies about the same content. It's pretty sad. It's very sad. And I've watched this stuff through the ages, you know what I mean? It's like, wow. It's like yeah. things change, but things don't really change. It's kind of scary. It's kind of scary. You you said that on one of our episodes. You know, like things change, but they don't really change. That was in our censor episode. There's always this strong arm to try and influence a majority to conform to some sort of really a conservative baseline. Um, it's to confront those who don't fit within that mold. Now, I think all of us fit with outside of every mold. I know. We just don't know that. It's just very, yeah, who who gives a shit? Like, look at, <laughs> okay, so Kyle, you are wearing shorts and a polo. How do I know that you love Meshuggah? <laughs> you don't. Exactly. <laughs> this is a movie that actually addresses a lot of that. And it fits within that wheelhouse of not only a self-defense film, a vigilante film. These are all very relevant topics that we still face to this day. Mm-hmm. And here we are in Siege. We've got a group of assholes with their own little bats and clubs that they're pounding in a West Side Story fashion on the way into a bar. Very strange. Very, very bizarre. Very hilarious, but very strange. Yeah. And they're all like slapping it in their hands like... It's the one... Th- I just wish that was the one thing that was changed. This movie's so tight and so efficient and so well-paced. Uh, it's just a very strange That's moment. That's so great that you said it like that. Well-paced. <laughs> yeah. This movie truly is well-paced. Well, when, when Danielle, the, the guy that escapes from the bar, when, yeah. when, he, when he's, he's... There's the big chase... To that gets him to the apartment building. Man, that's awesome. Like him running along the rooftops of Hal- uh, Halifax buildings, silhouettes, the nightscape, the cityscape yeah. of Halifax, and just like the shots of them running up staircases and ladders and over rooftops and down like down like trap doors. And man, it's really fast and really awesome. Yeah, it, it's brilliantly shot. And I think it's due to the product, the fact that Donovan had only X amount of 35 mil to shoot off. I love that. Yeah, he said he had like 32 or 35,000 feet, which sounds like a lot, but at, you, you talk really about like, 35 to 1 is what he said was the ratio. So they, had, they only had like certain amount of setup. No retakes. No, it was like maybe the movie's amazing. Like the action sequences Brilliant. are so well thought out and well shot. And- but you can see. Like the TD building, you can see. That's one of them. I'm honestly like Jason Eisner says his favorite shot is the silhouettes running across the building top. I just love that shot of him with the TD building in the background because the TD building still exists. Do you know that they use that scene of Danielle running around the corner where you see the TD building Mm -hmm. of the rooftop? They use that for a French lobby card for a promo for Siege. Okay. I mean, it's a great shot. It is not a only, fantastic not shot. Not only is it a great Halifax shot, it's just a great shot in the movie. When I first heard about Siege, I started searching about it. This was like probably like a year ago. I Again, I'd only seen it on YouTube, but there yeah. was a theater in Toronto. They got Paul Donovan to speak 
at the event in Toronto. Yeah. I think Paul Donovan had a personal, oh. like perfect copy of Siege just in his own personal now, collection that he never did anything with. This is this is fantastic stuff to talk about because I heard something about Eisner found a copy of this at a pawn shop. Oh, really? In either Halifax or Dartmouth, and he showed it to a friend of his, and his friend was just obsessed with it right away. Like you and I, here we are. We're talking about Halifax. We're talking about strifes that occur in society, and we're watching this almost forty-year-old movie in this pristine, excellent edition, and. It's bringing up not only nostalgia vibes of the city, but it's also bringing up like our own beliefs. And this is a this is a good movie. That's what I was going to say. I think that's definitely what helps to tie into like what what we do, I guess, as a podcast in terms of nostalgia. It's just so invigorating. I've never seen this movie before, and all of a sudden, there's this movie filmed in Halifax, and it's amazing, and it looks incredible. And <laughs> it's like, what it, is? It's like, so good. Like this is just such a great moment, you know. All right, so now we're cracking another drink, and so I I, I had to pick up something special for um, you know the the night because we're talking about siege. Kyle's a real romantic. I know. I we, I, I like I like theming things, uh, and we're and in siege. There's a moment where in their apartment where they hole up to defend themselves against the new order. There is a schooner poster, and for those of you who don't know, schooner. Is, it's, it's brewed actually by Olin's, which is also in Siege, but it's a local brewery that is now kind of like, you know, conglomerate, big corporation or whatever. But they produce, now that I know Olin's is cheap, but they produce a cheap, it's like almost salty lager. Like a weird, it's just like a cheap beer to get drunk on. And it's called Schooner and it has a Canadian, it has maple leaf on it. It has the blue nose on it, and it says Maritime Brewed Lager. It's it's part of our heritage. Like, look at this can. Like, it looks like if you colored uh, the, the Canadian dime. Yeah, it looks like the dime. <laughs> the Canadian dime. Let's go for it. With a shot of cruising black strap rum. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Cheers. Oh, cheers. Mmm. I can taste. Oh my goodness! Right, that's good. Uh huh. I know what you mean about the maple syrup thing. So wow. it tastes like pancakes. It does taste maple like pancakes. Syrup, <laughs> maple syrup and a, just a touch of beer. That's just fun. a touch. That's crazy. That's delicious. If you are listening and you're rolling your eyes at Schooner, try it with a shot of some blackstrap rum. Dang, man, I love Schooner. I love you know what and, and as much as I am a craft beer exactly person, I know there is a time and place for some cheap ass beer well like even it's been a while since I've been to a bar or been to you know like a Gus's or a Seahorse or you know to see Haven't a band we all? but that the way that I drink <laughs> <laughs> I have a method to my madness oh my is I'll go for the the I'll be like yeah give me a pint of something like craft you know yeah, yeah. like give me this give me that but when it you know when i need to like level out when i need to when i need to maintain mm-hmm. and not go over the edge mm-hmm. with some like seven percent ipa mm-hmm. and it's like 12 30 one o'clock in the morning i'm going for an olin's or a schooner goddamn right every time and i drink that the rest of the night yeah. and it's the best thing ever it's like when someone starts their night off 
you know, they want to pre- seem pretentious. Yeah. They have a cigar. They have a cigarello. And then all of a sudden, by the end of the night, they're sucking back to Morier. <laughs> Not even to Morier. Freaking uh, players. Uh, what's it called? Oh, John Player. John Player special. <laughs> John Player special. It's like the white, the white cigarette. Like oh. everything about the cigarette is white and it's like super cheap. It's not yeah. player select, it's John Player Special. Yeah, like you could fill a pothole with that cigarette. Oh man. Yeah. But when you're that drunk, it tastes glorious. We are talking about some real high end shit tonight. High <laughs> end oh, yeah, shit. John Player Special and Oh man, what a combo. John Player Special and Scoon Dogs. Mm. Scoon Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> the Schooner. Sponsored sports teams. Scoondog and Vitamin O. Man, oh man. East Coast. East Coast to the max, baby. My God. Anyway, Siege. (laughs) (laughs) Like we said, the main point of Siege is like the guy that escapes from the bar gets into the apartment building and the people in there, they're just like regular people. I guess they're like poor. Like the main character, the main hero is like grilling burgers in the living room at one point. Yeah, he's got a charcoal grill. And they're rationing smokes. Remember the, um, his like girl, I guess he's, or she's his girlfriend. She's like, give me a smoke. And he, he goes, no, you're already, I only have, there's only five smokes and you already had one this morning. And she's like, no, I didn't. And they're arguing over how many? So they obviously are. But, but you find out that she's trying to quit. That's true, I guess. Yeah, and they're hanging out with like two people from a school for the blind. To me, those characters were just written for the fact that later, when the power goes out, mm-hmm. the blind people have excellent hearing, so then they can hear the people outside that are trying to get in. Like it's just a weird device. <laughs> At first, I thought it was to create empathy for the character. Yeah, it's pretty inexplicable why they're why they're there, and it's yeah. like we have to get these people back to the school. At a certain point, it's very strange, but you know, it, it's a cheap movie you know we watched this movie a couple nights ago so basically all the interior shots of this film paul donovan he said this is where we live (laughs) there was a scene where they're sitting on a couch and it looks (laughs) it's one of those infamous couches where it looks like a couch but it's covered in blankets and drapes to the point where it's like i don't even know what i'm sitting on anymore but you and i both have said like i've sat on some couches like that before also you know when you sit on one of those couches your butt is going like straight down to the right floor, to the floor. <laughs> and they're damp like everything's uh, moist and yeah. humid like nothing is dry yeah, and like, and maybe smells like a like <laughs> the apartment smells like a cat's litter box or yeah, something. or or like a wet towel. Yeah, they found the couch that someone had thrown out that was on the side of the street, and they, they threw a drape over it. And they're like, yeah, yeah goes do. <laughs> yeah. Everything smells like stuff. weed. Everything smells <laughs> yeah. like spilled beer, spilled beer and weed for, and cigarettes. Oh, of more, course, more cigarettes than weed. I would say. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Because remember, there was that mindset too of like. Oh, I can smoke cigarettes in my apartment, but no, you got to smoke the joints outside. I don't want my apartment smelling like weed. <laughs> like that was fucking better. But that was back, I guess, when weed was illegal. So maybe that's maybe that's, that's the mindset. So funny. But that is funny. And what I love about Siege is the main hero of the movie mm-hmm. is so Canadian because he's so accepting of the Danielle that runs into his, like, basically runs into his apartment. Yep. But he knows enough that he's like, this guy is actually scared. He's a really good guy. And these guys like trying to get in 
to like he needs remember help. remember they, they they're saying he's like escaped mental patient or something yeah, he needs say, help or yeah, yeah, and he, he doesn't believe help. him yeah he's so canadian he's like the ultimate canadian hero Which is that funny guy because tom nardini is from la <laughs> that is hilarious <laughs> and he is the most canadian outside of rosie aka richard rick Philadelphia Collins from Trailer Park Boy. Those fame. of you that don't know, it's like the old mustard tire himself. Like <laughs> mustard tire. <laughs> He's, if, if, if just think of the guy with like a, a bigger gut than Randy on the Trailer if Park Boys. Ever there was a bigger gut than Randy's. Yeah, yeah. This guy's gut is so big that his pants aren't buttoned up the entire movie. <laughs> Remember when they punch? <laughs> he gets kicked or punched in the stomach or something. He le- the belch that comes out of Phil Collins. <laughs> so there's our Canadian tie-in to this Canadian piece. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. What you looking at my gut for? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That is so easy for you and I to say because that accent is our accent. It's so strange because it, it's really effortless. It really is, and as like, much as much as Canadians don't want to know, don't want to think that they have an accent or a stereotypical accent. I guess we kind of do, because I, I, I mean, well, you know, and I, th- I've always said that my accent is not an accent, but yeah. of course, of course everyone's accent is an accent. Everyone's accent but is an accent. When you think of those Canadian moments. All of a sudden, you turn it up a little. Like, you know when you yeah, move yeah, out yeah, yeah. or you are away and your accent kind of, you know, adapts to whatever your environment is. Yeah. And then you call someone back home. And then all of a sudden, I think it happens a lot with um, Newfoundlanders. Oh, for sure. Like, they they kind of hide it for a bit. And then they call back home. It's almost pikey how quickly they oh, can man. rip through a sentence. My buddy's wife... Um, she's from Newfoundland mm-hmm. and, you know, I only knew her here in Nova yeah. Scotia and I went to St. John's yeah. for their wedding. Mm-hmm. Her accent was just so strong when she was home talking to her family at, you know what I mean? Understandably. hundred yeah. percent. But yeah, you get around the people that you're, that you know, and your, your dialect. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. So this is early eighties. 1981, 1982, within that time frame. Inspired by a real story within the same city that they're filming the movie in. Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Hello. Jerry, hello. (laughs) My wallet's gone. (laughs) And you've brought in actors from Saskatchewan, L.A., and you even used local talent. How do you get people on board with a movie with almost zero anything concrete upon arrival. I mean, that is interesting. I, I don't know how that works in terms of recruiting, in terms of auditioning. Like, how did Paul Donovan get these headshots of, like, like anybody getting a call to yeah. be in a movie anywhere? Millions of people that want to be famous. You yeah. know, the allure of being in a movie, I think, is just so strong. Right. That if you get the call, you get, man, this guy... Halifax, Nova Scotia wants me to be in a movie. I'm there. The lead in a movie. The lead in a movie. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you go for it. And you go for it. And it takes and you, almost 40 years to be talked about. And, go, and you know, <laughs> amazing for, and you watch him in this movie and you know, like it's, it's, it, 
it's awesome that he like gave it his all. Yes. You can tell he does. He's definitely the strongest actor in the movie. Fantastic, he commands actually. the most presence in the movie. So it's like it it didn't matter what the job was, what the content. Like he took it seriously. He did. He gave it his all and it shows, you know, it uh, it's it's commendable. It is. And you know, the the whole cast, even the Haligonians that are clearly from Halifax. I know. Anywhere in the world where you're from. You can hear your local accent, almost like a stereotype version of your accent, come out of the local actors <laughs> yeah. because they're so nervous in front of the camera. Maybe. There's a couple of these actors yeah, in maybe. this film. That's funny. That you can hear the East Coast accent like come out a little bit stronger. <laughs> when people make fun of Canadian accents, they say a boot. New do to boot it. Yeah. While it's not entirely accurate, like impressions are always exaggerated versions. Yeah. So when a Canadian, like, so when I say about, like, I don't know if I'm saying about, but you know what I mean about, like, about they, to to a U.S. listener, I might be I might be exaggerating that O.U. sound, you know. <laughs> so yeah, in Siege, that that definitely comes through. Oh yeah, those Canadian dialects, and it's funny sure. because like we've seen exteriors. Oh yeah, Odyssey two thousand. That's so that what a nostalgic trip that is, man. Yes, it's awesome to see in nineteen eighty three in Siege that Odyssey two thousand existed, and it still existed when I was like thirteen to sixteen years old. One hundred percent. Like ten years after Siege was made, Odyssey two thousand on Barrington Street was still there. I just think that's so cool. We've just gotten through the beginning of Siege. Um, you know, the chase is on, and he's gotten into the hero, Tom Nardini's character's host, Horatio, his apartment. Is that his name? Yeah. It's a weird name. It is. Very, not, not very Haligonian, I will say. Like Phil, Jerry, Gerald. That would have been a better name. Horatio. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, there's that great shot, too, when they come to his door, and they're like, Saying that he's <clears throat> dangerous, they need to get him back to where he belongs, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. But like the main hero, he, he just doesn't buy it immediately. And I just, yeah. I love him for that. And there's that great shot where they, he closes the door on them and they try to bust, like they don't try to, they do. They break down uh, Tom, Tom Nardini's door and there's that great shot when he puts the gun to the, the main villain's head. Goose. And then it's that shot, almost like Tarantino-esque, looking up, like yeah. the, the angle looking up, up. the barrel. And he's like, and he also has a great line, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave. With Very a gun, calmly. gun pointed at his head. Awesome. Like, so awesome. Yeah, that's your fucking hero right there, bud. <laughs> I know, exactly. So good. I love I love that character, the everyman um, that rises to the occasion. So who who else would this be? This would be uh, Mike Douglas's falling down character. Well, he loses his mind. No, I know, but he's like, <laughs> he doesn't care. Yeah, that's He's true. standing up for something. That's what that kind of reminds me yeah, of. Yeah, okay, that's true. Yeah. yeah, the motives are different, but like at the same time, we've all been at like a place where they said, no, we stopped serving breakfast at... 1130. It's 11:31. <laughs> it's funny you said like it's funny you meant like that is the signature scene of falling down for sure. I love that fucking scene. <laughs> Cuz he like come on man, it's fucking 11:05. No. It's 11:05. You're going to not give me breakfast. I know, right? <laughs> and although De Niro's taxi driver, he's racist and he's angry and he's lonely and yeah. Although he has his faults, 
and the things that you don't relate with, the things that he executes on, you actually support. Well, which he wants, is wants to save Iris. Street street justice. Oh yeah, I love street justice. Oh baby. Oh man, Kyle is comeuppance <laughs> and street justice. I do love street justice. I love these type of movies too. I just love. I, I love. You know, single location, mm-hmm. like people like banding together to, oh, yeah, like survive against like insurmountable odds. Like, I just love that idea. And I just, yeah, it totally. works as a movie device or a movie plot for sure. Well, it's so easy to write. It really is. That's true. It is. You just need to find, think of different ways to, yeah. You just need to find a niche to exploit and then root for. You know, I just thought of uh, this is actually hilarious. <laughs> And every man mm-hmm. hold up in his house mm-hmm. rises up. He has to protect what's his mm-hmm. against the outside forces. Mm-hmm. Kevin McAllister. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's okay. kind of a siege movie. Assault on Precinct 13. <laughs> siege. Home Alone. Home Alone. You heard her here first, folks. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's so many self-defense movies and home invasion movies. Movies like Hush. Oh, that's Hush. a good one. Oh, yeah, that's a good. That's a really good one. A deaf woman. Yeah, with a home invasion. Period. Done. She's like the ultimate. That's so vul- like such an vulnerable victim that like rises to the occasion. You know, that defends yeah. herself. You know, and I mean, kudos to the actress. I forget her name, but she's in. I know um, the Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, she is so good. God damn, I have watched Haunting of Hill House three times. Oh god, I love it. I love Hill House. Bly Manor, I watched it once and I'm good. Another one, obviously, Strangers. The Strangers, yes. That's you know what's funny about the Strangers? I was thinking about the Strangers. It's very good, obviously very well made. But have you ever seen that movie called Them or They? I forget Ill. It's a French movie called Ills, I guess. No. I oh I honestly for the longest time thought The Strangers was a remake of this French movie. It's because it's exactly the same. Right. I, I know the the concept is so like duplicated and overdone, but right. it, it's just literally the same movie. Um, but yeah, so they just you know people in a house and yeah. And to your point, um, French extreme. I can't I, I I I can't go without mentioning Inside. Now, if you want to talk about a self-defense home invasion movie and a horror that gets your blood boiling and almost to the point where you're like, I can't fucking watch this like, movie. Do enough people know about Inside? I don't know if the they original, do. Because there is a remake of it. Yeah, and I don't think anybody saw that. That's trash. <laughs> I watch it every Christmas. Kyle is a very, very romantic, festive individual. I, lo- I, told, I told you, I love themes. Yeah. And I, 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 I tend to program... Movie watching nights around. So like every Halloween, of course, I'm going to watch certain movies. And every Christmas, Inside takes place on Christmas Eve. (laughs) So I'm going to watch it every Christmas. I put that fact out of my head, (laughs) obviously. Now, on the vigilante note. Yeah, so I wanted to have this discussion. Because I read about this. I feel vigilante genre films deal with the main protagonist having to deal with revenge, like Mm -hmm. Death Wish. Right, his family was like raped and murdered, so he just like just couldn't deal with it. Went on the street and just started like murdering thugs. You know what I mean? Just like he's just a vigilante. You can't blame him. 
Yeah, Miss 45. She. Oh, my God. Abel Ferreira's Miss 45. Yeah, so they're vigilantes. They just, like, they go on the streets and they just... Raped twice in the same day. They enact justice on just, like, yeah. just the idea of the people that have wronged them. Whereas home invasion and, like, siege-type movies deal with the ever, the regular people that get stuck in a situation where there's a forces on the outside trying to get at them, you know. Right. So to that point, yes, Home Alone does qualify as <laughs> exactly. a home invasion film. <laughs> so, we've talked about strangers. Mhm. Talked about Home Alone. Mhm. I love it. I love that we're talking I we're watching it. the movie Siege. We're doing a whole episode on the movie Siege and we've already brought up Home Alone as a home invasion film. I'm about to bring it way back. Way back? Oh yeah, buddy. Okay, go. One of the greatest directors this world has ever known. Oh. Akira Kurosawa. Talking about Seven Samurai. Wow. What's that, like 1950? 19, I forget. My God, you got to blow the dust off of those reels. I wonder what the, the earliest siege type movie there would mm. be. Uh, but Seven Samurai is up there for sure. I remember that when, like, when I was first getting into movies like the Criterion Collection. When did you find out about Criterion Collection? I'm trying to think. I, I remember I was hanging with my buddy Sean Hart. So let's say 98, 99, 2000. I discovered them through Video Difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had a whole Criterion Collection. Mm-hmm. People should know that there was a video store in Halifax called mm. Video Difference. That's been, there was like three levels. Mm. It, was a, it was a movie mecca. That's the only way you yeah. can descri- describe it. Actually, yeah, I even got one that's like not a home invasion, but it's a siege type movie. Okay, go ahead. For, from Dust Till Dawn. Oh, uh, uh, excellent. The second half of From Dust yeah, Till yeah, Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When it comes to siege, like we're talking about, uh, you know, challenging the other. I like the idea of being holed up yeah. in a single location, defending yourself against outside forces. 100%. Who make you feel like you're the outside. Or just they're trying to destroy you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The mist. Oh, yeah. The Mist. Stephen King's The Mist. Wow. Supermarket. <laughs> My God, that fucking ending. <laughs> That's a great ending, though. I, I can't believe that a mainstream movie has that ending. They went Truly. for it. Yeah, they, he went for it. Frank Darabont was like, nope, I'm going to do this ending. But they passed and it. This isn't like the book. It's not in the book. The book ends with them at like a Howard Johnson and the hope that they heard something on a radio transmission. I could mention uh, Panic Room. Yes. Oh, that's such a great one. David Fincher. Uh, I love David Fincher, Fight Club, Panic Room. Excellent. Yeah, early, great early Kristen Stewart. Yeah. And, you know, I like Kristen Stewart as an actress. Uh, Jodie Foster, Jared Leto, Forrest Whitaker. Uh, Evan, what's his name? Um, Dwight Yoko. Dwight Yoko. (laughs) Dwight Yoko, man. So good. It's It's a tight, great movie. It really is. Yeah. It really is. Mark Wahlberg. Fear? Yeah, the end of fear. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. The last quarter of fear in the house with uh, William Peterson, Reese Witherspoon, uh, Alyssa Milano. Yeah. But yeah, that's a great one. Now, here's a home invasion movie mm-hmm. that doesn't involve, um, doesn't involve like the def- the defending of the home as much of the entire movie in involves the people have have infiltrated the home and they're just terrorizing the people in the home the entire time. Uh-huh. Have you seen Funny Games? 
Yes. <laughs> Just even the term home invasion. Yeah. Like, can you think of a purer example than funny sure. games? Like, they literally invade the home yeah. and, and spend the entire but, movie yes. terrorizing this couple and their family. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's pretty crazy. Another one that has some key home invasion elements that cannot be ignored are Clockwork Orange. Oh, this, oh my God. I didn't even think of that one, man. And the scene in Clockwork Orange. Oh, yeah. That scene. You the know sequence, what I mean. Let's call it it's, the sequence. It's unreal. Yeah. And so horrendous that it actually trumps some of the other atrocious moments that you've already forgotten about. Oh, no. Just for that moment. Another one, and I have yet, and I want to discuss this even more. And you, I know that we want to talk about nostalgic things, but I love it's the, all nostalgic. I know. And and one day this will be true nostalgia in a classic sense when when they say like it takes 20 years for something to become classic. <laughs> I'm talking about us. Oh. Us is a proper you're right, you're right. not only home invasion but an identity invasion. Your next is another one. I was gonna say, I hope we can mention your next, like just so we can talk about Barbara Crampton. Long live Barbara Crampton! But Bam. that, but that movie is awesome and intense yeah. and violent yeah. and yeah. just a great, also a great again. Like I know I said the term every man, mm-hmm. but it can apply to every woman as of well. Course, every like, person, every person. Let's say because yeah. yeah, she. I love what I love about that character in your next is that even so. Basically, the the boyfriend that she has built this relationship with doesn't even know yeah. that she's a survivalist. That she has grown up on the Australian outback and can like outback. It's so awesome when like there's that moment in your next when he's like, "Oh wait, like you're you know what you're doing." She's like right. rigging up traps and shit. She's like gone into this full survival mode as like the outside like these like I don't even know who those guys were like military. Mm-hmm. They seem like drug addict military people, anyways. Yeah. But yeah, that's a great that that movie does go full Goonies. Yeah, like per, I just love again a person that rises to the occasion. Yeah, of just like survival, complete survival mode and like self preservation. Movies like Siege, for instance, right? Like it's just so good to see. Like they live Roddy Piper. <laughs> they want the best for humanity in the situation that they're put in. And they could escape it by either A, ignoring it, which is a reality for some of us. Yeah. Is that we could just turn a blind eye to some of it. Or we stand up. Exactly. And, and I that, think that's, that's what it presents as a that's, question. That's what it's about. That's the moral what makes, dilemma. Exactly. That's what makes these characters in these movies great. Is the people that decide to like just say like I'm not gonna ignore it. I'm not, I'm gonna defend myself, and I'm gonna stand up for these people that can't defend themselves. You know, in terms yeah. of siege, Danielle, and he just like he's just this scared dude that like yeah. is about to be destroyed by this like crazy group of people, mm-hmm. and he just like asks for help of this regular guy, and he like, you know, yeah, it's that's a great idea. It's just it's a timeless movie idea. It's a timeless. It movie really trope, is. It, yeah, it really is, and. So to continue off of this, we got to talk about the Trailer Park Boys tie-in. <laughs> what Phil Collins? We got Phil Collins, Philadelphia Richard Rick Collins, R.I.P. What a legend! Legend with, just within this community. I mean, he still got that gut. He had the gut. It was <laughs> iconic then. It's iconic now. Forty years. Hey. 
Unfortunately, Still? he didn't last it as long as the release of this. Oh. But Rosie, he actually has the best death in this film. He honestly does have the best death and involves a crossbow. Mm-hmm. And involves, like, what is it, a can of WD-40 and a lighter? Taped to it. I fucking wouldn't hold that thing. It's weird because that part of his death doesn't have anything to do with it. Like, they distract him with the flames, but... Yeah, they, oh, they fire an arrow through his neck, and yet, but yeah, the the ultimate shot of him lying, oh my like the, God. that's it is one of the great deaths. bleeding out on the floor yeah. through his mouth. Yeah. Wow, it is pretty crazy. It is pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great moment. But yeah, if you're not familiar with either a Trailer Park Boys or uh, Phil Collins from the Trailer Park Boys, I'm sorry to say, but you are missing out. What you looking at my gut for? There it is. Well. Had a couple shots of rum, mm. more than I usually have, which would be none. Kyle's into his third schooner. Hey, schoondog <laughs> from his dollar rum bag. I gotta give credit to my buddy Matt Buckle that coined. Like, I think that's the first time I heard he was. He was like couple schoondogs, and I was like, that is the greatest term for a beer I have ever heard in my life. So it definitely, it definitely legitimizes. <laughs> The schoon dog. I will always refer to schooners as schoon dogs. Yeah, it'd be hard not to order schoon dog because <laughs> of that. But I'm I'm loving this painted boat mm. lager. Seriously, it's on par with a schooner type Olin type beer. It's a, it's just a nice agreeable light. Oh man, I mowed the lawn the other day and exactly. I thought, that's what yeah. I needed. Exactly. That's what I needed. <laughs> Everybody needs one of those types like, of beers. I like cor- Corona, you know, but like, my God, that would have hit. That would have hit the spot the other day. It's like a combination of it's a light beer, but there's a little bit of bite to it. Mm. That sounds like what it's like to be a Haligonian. I know. <laughs> We're light, but there's a little bit of bite to it. <laughs> Siege was a great time. I really recommend everyone check out Siege. Oh, of course. Like the the seven seven films release, 2K 2K scan. It's it's absolutely incredible for a 40-year-old film, and especially a movie that has just like it's not no people don't know about this movie. I only knew about this movie like last year, and it's filmed here. And it's filmed here. You know. But yeah, if you if you like Assault on Precinct 13, you will love Siege. Yeah, it does it's, remind me of like the several release of it though is like uh, an upscale version of a grindhouse film. That's, well, that's exactly what it is. Like, you know, yeah, it's just a cheap, you know, two hundred fifty thousand dollars in nineteen eighty three, filmed on thirty five millimeter for like nothing, using like local actors. You know, it's, it is a cheap grindhouse genre film. You know, but it works. <laughs> but it works, and it's still relevant to this day. Yeah, it's excellent. I'm Kyle from the Stall Junk Podcast saying, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave. <laughs> and I'm Matt from the Stall Junk Podcast saying, Fight crime, shoot back. <laughs> Your last defense is self defense. <laughs>